We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred and five. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's... Journey into Comics 276. I'm Nate. Today joining me, welcome back to the show. Official, unofficial third of the Journey into Comics podcast. You guys know him and love him. He's on our show every other Wednesday. Journey into Wrestling. Welcome back to Journey into Comics. Buckles. I'm sort of, I'm sort of like the, uh, the dopey third head of Ghidorah. <laughs> okay. I like that. Hell yeah. I'm the Cerberus that gets distracted easily. I love it. I love uh, the Cerberus. Great reference. Ooh, that's weird, though. What side are you? Would that make you my left guy? Uh, I would say probably that Tyler's your right-hand man, so I don't mind being the left on that. Okay, I love that, though. Protected by two beastly dudes. I love it. There you go. It's, it's, uh, ooh, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a pigs <laughs> in a blanket right now. I'm all warm and fuzzy. That I'm not going to touch. <laughs> okay, no, not with a 10-foot pole. Anyways, no, no, no. Uh, dude, welcome back to the show. I'm glad to have you here. Absolutely. Happy to be back. It's been the holiday season. We did the Christmas episode that dropped on the network, which was a journey into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we are just a couple short days from the turn of the decade into 2020, bro. Right, it seems weird. It seems really weird to see another decade ending. I feel very old. <laughs> I mean, and and if you, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think about where I was in 2009 to where I am right now going into 2010 or going into 2020, and I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, I've definitely. made strides and also no. <laughs> well... I always, uh, I will say that my life is in a lot different place. It's a lot better place than it was in 2009. However, mentally, uh, maturity-wise, eh, still a five-year-old. So we're still working on that. Bro, I think that uh, everyone should, f- if I think that's what's lost with our world. Let me say it like that. Not, not a lot of people are okay being a kid at heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still to this day, when somebody asks me, what did you want to do when you grow up? Fuck that. I never wanted to grow up. Who the hell wants to do that? Who says I'm grown up, man? Exactly. 
like not happening. Did you do you know I'm doing this podcast right now in a room that I'm surrounded by my toys? Like, yeah, I'm. Uh, I can look. I have in front of me. It looks like a Fight Club poster, a bunch of Funko Pops, a Jesus action figure, and a pair of hook swords. So that should tell you a little bit about me. I love it. Is that a buddy Jesus? Uh, no, actually, uh, it's not the Buddy Christ. I do have some Mallrats figures up on the shelf though. Nice. Uh, and a couple of Dogma actually. Um, Ooh, love dogma. That's my jam. As a just brief aside on it, it's actually a. I went to a Catholic school and Catholic high school, and my Spanish teacher in high school had this on her desk, and I I became kind of infatuated. It was hilarious to me. It is just a straight up action figure of Jesus with a full robe and everything, but the bottom there's no uh, articulation on the legs. There are no moving parts on the legs at all. There's just a solid base with four wheels. And on the box, the wheels are built as water-walking action. And just for that reason, I had to find and buy that. Oh, that's hilarious. Right now, he's uh, currently hanging out with my uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, Father Alexander Anderson from Helsing. So, nice, good company. <clears throat> Hell yeah, man. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and uh, let's jump into this a little bit now. Uh, I need to just... Get real with you. We're going to talk about reflecting on 2019 a little bit because there's a lot of little headlines and things we experienced that mm-hmm. if if you don't put it into the perspective that it all happened this year, the amount of other shit that happened in our world that's not like comic related, like the heavier shit that we deal with on a day to day basis and whatnot, like that thing, that stuff can swallow you. So if you you could forget some of these headlines happened in 2019 Absolutely. and whatnot. So Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about how coming out of twenty nine or coming out of twenty eighteen into twenty nineteen, it seemed hopeful for DC. They had just had what seemed like a successful Aquaman film. Uh, then we kind of had the first punch back, as it were, with Marvel in twenty nineteen with Captain Marvel, which was massive. Blew people yeah. away. Did Did you happen to see that in theaters? I did actually opening day. Oh, same. Uh, yes, same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a massive hit too. Um, not without its controversies, but uh, still another huge cash cow for MCU. Another success in that uh, in that tally mark is just right up there. It marked the uh, the first cameo since Stanley's passing, mm-hmm. and it was a very uh, hit you in the feels moment. They did the tribute to him yeah. before the movie, which was a uh, hit you in the feels moment. Honestly, the uh, the Mallrats thing, uh, being that. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I have some Mallrats figures up here as well. I am a massive fan, so seeing him, the, the, segue, or the uh, segment of him reading his line that he was about to go do for Mallrats got me dead on in the heart. Oh, man, so good. Uh, you know, we, we leave Captain Marvel with the inkling of what we're going to get in Avengers Endgame after how we ended Infinity War in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into the end of April... We see it. The end game is real. We experience it in the theaters. We laugh. We cry. We we feel all the emotions. Uh, it breaks every record, including you know Avatar's all time highest grossing right. record. Uh, we've discussed it ad nauseum on this show. There's not really a lot more to discuss about it, just other than how much that movie is still amazing and impactful, and I, I watched it already like three right. times on Disney+. Plus. still holds up very well. Even the It wasn't just the impact in the theater. It still holds up on its own, right? Absolutely, man. Like It's like, honestly, and I'm not going to even pretend right now, in our house, 
Like they, the girls will not let. Me. I cannot watch that movie if they're around, or if I if I do, it ends. The like the snap <laughs> happens. Okay, like we saved everybody. The birds are here. The end. Oh no! <laughs> that's it. That's how the movie nothing ended. The birds happens. came back, and that's it. Oh god! Thanos doesn't attack. Nothing else happened. It, that's it. We can't see Tony die. We cannot see or hear. Peter say no, Mr. Stark, we won. Oh, that broke me in theaters. No, Still no, breaks uh, me when no I funeral. watch it now. No, your dad liked cheeseburgers. Oh, God. Oh, that one, too. Super impactful. But then, it's. I will say it's weird, though, because the most recent watch of Endgame, I watched it with the guys that it's possible that uh, little Morgan H. Stark is actually a robot Tony created because they couldn't <laughs> have a kid. Oh, oh no, and like if on. you look at how the Avengers look at him, just like almost was just like, we know it's not real, Tony. Come on, like uh, you know. And then that's why the sac they didn't put the sacrifice in when he like sees her in the Soul World or whatever. There's a lot of fan theories out there. I know I spun one to you and uh, Tyler a few months ago, even about how uh, Captain America was responsible for the creating of the multiverse, but. Oh. God, we're going to be talking about Endgame for years. It doesn't matter about what little thing. We're going to find, I guarantee you, once we're in, what, Phase 4 now or Phase 5? I can't remember. We're about to be going into Phase 4, yeah, officially. Phase 3 was the end of the Infinity Saga. We'll be watching parts of Phase 4 and then finding little links back to Endgame. You know, and I had a couple thoughts. Uh, I saw, and we'll talk about this later, Rise Skywalker... Uh, but in theaters this time, I got to see the trailer of Black Widow. Last time, I didn't get to see any trailers. It, we just got to the movie. Right. Shit was crazy packed. Um, so seeing the Black Panther or the Black Panther, the Black Widow trailer in theaters, like I was like, okay, the MCU still has me hooked. Like I really do want to see that opening right. weekend. Like I'm jazzed for it now. It's uh, but it was kind of interesting to me just to see it chokes you up a little bit, knowing that she died in Endgame. Well, yeah, and I, I thought about it too, man, and, like, what in this... Okay, so the biggest sacrifice we have had in all of the MCU was Tony Stark's sacrifice, coupled with Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff's sacrifice. Right. What would be the biggest twist in the second chapter of the MCU... Other than the fact that Natasha never died because Natasha never sacrificed herself. It was a scroll. I don't think they'd go a scroll. I think they could easily do a, some kind of a time travel. Like uh, how they have young Gamora running around now. Ooh, uh, I like that too. See, that's, that's the same That's a juicy thing. concept. I love they've, it. They've proven that Gamora, uh, that even though Gamora did die, they could still bring a younger version back. So there's no reason to think that they couldn't do that with Black uh, Black Widow, I don't think they will do that necessarily just because that would be too close to Gamora already. But the options are still there. Yeah, I think there's a lot of possibility. Uh, but I feel like Scarlett Johansson, if this movie does well, she's going to be like, I want a sequel, I want to make more money. Cause right. well, who we'll the see. fuck wouldn't? We'll see. So, um, I mean, and then, you know, where would you put that story? I have no idea. Um I gotta know what comes after. What was after? What was next after Endgame? As far as the 2019 timeline, in the t- in the timeline of things that happened, I mean, oh god, I think it was just it was actually like the week before we got the end unexpectedly 
of the Walking Dead comics. Right. Just, oop, flap, burp, 193 is it. And we're going to break your fucking hearts. I say, I know that one hit you pretty hard. I have literally, okay, listen, I know I'm a soft human and I know that I'm very empathetic, but there was something, and even now, like, man, it gets me, but like, there was something about the way they wrapped that story that was just too beautifully perfect. And it's just not often in any kind of writing do you have such resolve that can just be never what you would expect. Never. Man, I got to get you reading Hellboy. I'm telling you, I'm into it. I would love to read Hellboy. I just need to know. You know what? You're going to be the guy that can set me on the path of like where the fuck to start. I, I will be your Sherpa for Hellboy. I have um, actually looking straight behind me. I've been buying up the BPRD trade paperbacks in the last couple of weeks. But the main Hellboy run is only, oh, roughly 15 or 16 volumes. Um, actually, about 15, I do believe. And I have all of the trade paperbacks. I will coach you through every last one of them in questions. I have seen them all. Well, you've officially earned your JIC nickname just now. Oh, yeah? You're going to be forever known as Buckles, the Shepherd of Fire. All right. I can deal with that. Yeah. I love it. You are the Shepherd of Fire. You will rain down BPRD goodness upon my soul. <laughs> I loved the, I loved the Hellboy movies. Honestly, I really dug them. So I, I do have to give a quick shout out to anyone who's listening. I actually mentioned this to Nate in the era to Tyler in the chat a couple days ago. That if you are a Hellboy fan, something that not everybody knows to go look up immediately, but something I would absolutely recommend. Um, not just the comics, but there are three, actually four, uh, collections of short stories, uh, all based in the Hellboy universe that have been uh, collected. Uh, it's Odd Jobs, Otter Jobs, Oddest Jobs, and the one I most recently got, I think it came out last year or year before, called Assortment of Horrors. They are, I think, the longest stories, maybe 20, 30 pages out of it. Every last one of them is fantastic. Almost, it's one of the reasons I fell in love with the character itself is those short stories. Not everybody knows to look for those because they're not specifically comics. But if you're a fan of the character, if you've read any of the comics, I strongly urge you, urge you to go check those out. They are awesome. Damn, very interested in that. Hell yeah. Uh, trying to think. Uh, oh, we also had in uh, April, let's not forget this headline, James Gunn returns to the MCU. He returns mm -hmm. to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. After he does uh, Suicide Squad, though. Well, yes, I know that's the now agreement, but, you know, there was a moment in time there where he was gone, and it looked like he was gone forever, and there was not a lot of hope. Right. So him getting, you know, and it's interesting because then you hear, like, the report, Sean Gunn and stuff talking about, like, we knew for, like, two months, but we really couldn't say anything right. because X, Y, Z, and it's like, oh, God, they have to sit on that news <laughs> for two months. Oh, man. Yeah. James Gunn but, also gets the distinction of being the first person to direct an MCU and DCU movie. Yes, and I am very, very excited to see where we go from there. And as you said, it is also announced that he's doing the Suicide Squad. It's also announced, if we're talking about James Gunn highlights in 2019, he is going to be doing what now? Helming the DC Universe. Has that actually been confirmed? Yeah, he and, uh, oh, God. Is he essentially taking over for Snyder then? 
Yes, he's Gosh. kind of the the new visionary, man. I I can get down with that. I can definitely get down with that. Yeah, I think James Gunn could do one hell of a job. I think J.J. Abrams is also a part of that. It's like he and J.J.'s thing. I'll reserve my judgment on J.J. Abrams for later in the show. <laughs> oh, shots fired! <laughs> that was a warning shot in the sky, folks. That's just letting you know what the show's tone is about to be like. Lines will be drawn, blood will be shed. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see where it goes. Someone will maybe be force healed. I don't know. Uh, one can only hope. <laughs> it's 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 grief cargo. He gets healed again. Damn, bro. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but it's raining like shit here just now. Uh, not here yet. It's been drizzling a little bit in the last uh, hour or so, but not anything huge yet. Hoping it's not. coming the fuck down. Ugh. Welcome to Indiana, where December doesn't matter. We've gone from 30 to 50 to 60 to 30 to 50 to 60 again. It's raining. It's snowing. We don't know what's going on. We've reached the bipolar vortex. Oh, I love that, the bipolar vortex. Using that, that might be <laughs> the episode title, dude. You did All it. Right. You've done it. Okay. You still there, dude? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, it just went silent for a second and wanted to make sure I didn't lose my uh, co-host for the episode. Nah, so, let's see, going into May, I don't know we had a whole lot. June. When did the, we had, when did the Spider-Man up? thing start? What, when the Spider-Man stuff start? Yeah, that was that before or after the movie? It was after the film had come out. Okay. They didn't want to risk... Uh, Losing right. the money maker, okay. they okay. then went on to be the second highest grossing film of 2019. Right now, the third because fucking Frozen. <laughs> Two, we I can't seen believe that I coming, say though. But uh, yeah, after Spider Man goes on to gross the what was it like almost two billion or right at two billion. Fantastic movie too, absolutely deserving. Far from home is killer. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who's not a huge Spider-Man fan. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Spidey's my all-time favorite, I so I doubly enjoyed the movie. And <laughs> Mysterio's my all-time favorite villain, so I quadruply enjoyed the movie. Absolutely it was like, absolutely killed it. Absolutely killed what I, I honestly didn't know how they were going to, I, if they were going to do the multiverse thing, whatever, how they were going to do Mysterio. But that that scene in the, in the uh, restaurant after he gets the uh, the uh, the glasses. Where he just starts thanking all the other people in the building that are helping him and tying yep. back to the other MCU movies is maybe one of my favorite moments of the year as far as movie going. That was so awesome. Yeah, because it's the great reveal and the audience gets it. Oh. Parker doesn't. And then he's chasing. So when he figures out the ruse, it's like even that more impactful for the audience. They did such a great job with that movie. Right. Well, I mean, just um, even tying it back to Obadiah Stane, Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. Oh, God. That was a, gr- that was a great Jeff Bridges, bro. Huh. I, I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you said, uh, they Sony plucks Spidey away from the MCU. They can't come to terms, and Disney walks away from the deal. It's cold. Mm-hmm. And then in walks Nate Phillips and just rests it all back. 
I um, I played a small hand in this. Let's, 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 I might I I can I can take a little bit of credit. Okay, I will say the fucking petition got way further than I ever expected. Absolutely, it was insane. I was covered and had news coverage across all kinds of platforms. Mm-hmm. That was insane. Um, we had 166,000 signatures to bring Spider-Man back to the MCU with Disney, and, and you know, inevitably a drunk Tom Holland phone call to Bob Iger where he right wept and begged him to keep Spider-Man because it just wasn't right. He had been to D23. He wasn't allowed in any of the pictures with Marvel cast mm-hmm. because... He was not a part of the team anymore, and it broke his heart. His little twenty-three-year-old heart, or however old fuck Tom Holland is. Yeah, uh, kind of a. I don't even know how to call that. Like such a weird. I think it was what two, three months worth of twenty nineteen. That stretched on for a good bit. Yeah, it did. It was a. It was a. It was about a two-month ordeal before uh, ultimately. They came to terms and agreed they would be doing at least one final movie. I still hold out hope that by then, Apple or Disney themselves buys out Sony and right. just keeps the rights to Spider-Man. Fuck you guys. Well, there's, all, there's still a lot of time for further deals to be made, too. That's the important thing. Absolutely. And I 100% maybe, agree with that. And possible other Tom deals could, could go any any place that we want them to. I would even honestly, man, like I know a lot of people are like, we need Spidey. We need like uh like nine movies worth of Spider-Man, like just nine straight yeah, up Spider-Man no. movies throughout the MCU just because the impactfulness of not only Tom Holland's character but the character moving forward now that you don't have Tony Stark. Right. I honestly kind of want to see them break away from him having his own movies anyways and do like literally the next 3 movies after this trilogy should be all 3 Spider-Man team-up movies. Spider-Man, Deadpool team up. Spider-Man, Hulk oh team up. Spider-Man, oh. Captain Marvel, or Thor team up. Whoever the fuck you want to put as, him as with. As fun as Spider-Man and Deadpool would be, I don't know how they could do that one with the rating. I don't know how oh. they can make that R. They can't do a Deadpool. It's not R-rated at this point. They can't. I think they can, man. Oh. And Once Upon a Deadpool proved that too. I mean, they edited it cleverly, and it wasn't necessarily the same movie. And I know I d- I gave it bad remarks for for lots of different dialogue that was just shoddily cut. But as we learned, and this is a headline coming into this week that we can just throw out there, Deadpool 3 is officially happening with Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, like Ryan Reynolds came out and said, not a joke, not us teasing you guys. We're hard at work with the Disney guys. The uh, producer for uh, the Deadpool movie that, Sony, or that uh, Fox had done has officially stepped down. Now Kevin Feige is officially the producer of Deadpool. It is happening. It's real. Oh, and it'll be if great you, as well. What's up? I'm sure it'll be great as well, but it will oh, be absolutely. But my thing is this, man. If you put Spider-Man and Deadpool in a team-up movie and one of the first lines Spidey says is, Whoa, pool. Hey, man, it's my movie. You can't drop that word. We don't allow that here. And it's a, it's a playoff thing, and it's funny. And they keep almost having Deadpool cuss throughout the movie and it like maybe one or two slip out or they do like a section where a hundred slip out, <laughs> but they just do a beep machine where it's just like hilariously timed or some shit. Like what I would love to see is uh, if it's a PG third, if they do do a PG 13 movie, you get one instance, every movie you get one fuck. 
And I would love it for just the entire movie. They keep, you know, tiptoeing to the line and backing off, keep tiptoeing to the line and backing off. And at the very end of the movie, Deadpool just turns to the screen and just screams, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Would it be that. funnier, though, if he just, like, whispered, like, hey, audience. Fuck. Yeah, maybe. And then, like, turned away, like, because then Spider-Man never heard it, you know? Like, that, that could be funny, too. But I, I just think there's I think there's team up movies for Spidey to be had. I think that definitely. you could do some villain movies with Spider Man involved as well. We haven't even talked about them possibly folding the uh the new Venom into it as well. And officially we can talk about it because Tom Holland is now in talks to join that movie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean Again, that's coming from twenty nineteen. <laughs> Being a big year. I, it has had so many different crazy fucking things happen, man. God, we're uh, only through July now. <laughs> you know, and and I feel like August and September were kind of slow. I don't really recall a lot of big headlines. Right. Um, October, you, you know, had Joker. We October was Joker, and that movie is a movie that is on my watch list. I'm probably going to watch it tonight or tomorrow. Wait, it's, have you, I have it now. So You haven't seen it yet? I have not seen it yet, I'm no, bro. Impressed. I thought you had. No, I didn't get a chance to see it, and I wanted to reserve judgment until I have had a chance to see it. So, that's absolutely fair. Um, possibly the next podcast that's that's done on this show will be involving me watching Joker. So. Fair enough. Um, but that came out to rave reviews. It did not do what people expected. Everyone, oh, it's going to make mass shooters happen and all this and. And ignite the incels right. and all this thing and Comics Gate 2.0 and all this bullshit. And it didn't. Like, I'm glad it didn't. I'm grateful that this right. movie was a think piece and made people feel things and was a different way of thinking, as people have described it. It makes me very excited to see the movie as as much as I love seeing cinema movie films anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, November, you know, I think we got the Black Widow trailer and... Yep. We learned, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, hold on. Back to July real quick. <laughs> I did forget one headline in July. We had um, we had the House of X, Powers of X stuff start up this year. Oh, that's true. And that was, I think, announced in July. I want to say August or September. I think it was September 7th or 6th or something like that. The first issue officially dropped. And that re-energized uh, the X-Men franchise now as Marvel prepares to, uh, you know, lead us to the promised land of X-Men by Marvel Studio standards, which could mm-hmm. be absolutely insane. I mean, just think about what they do with aging technology now. And think about what they could do with mutants with technology like that. I oh, mean, definitely. The, the possibilities are endless. It could be absolutely stunning. We'll still have, uh, there's a possibility we could still have uh, Patrick Stewart as, uh, as Professor X and never even know the difference. Ooh. That'd be awesome. Uh, I, I vote that. Bring Patrick Stewart back. Hey, they're already bringing him back to Star Trek. He's got a new series. Yeah, what's up with that? Like, Captain's I, Log or some shit? I, I don't profess to know much. I'm not much of a Trekkie, uh, but I have been seeing commercials for it. Uh seems like it's, I think it's CBS All Access, which is, I think, their streaming service exclusive. But, honestly, anything that Patrick Stewart does ends up being decent. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people said that Star Trek Discovery was really amazing on the CBS app. I, I've heard that. Again, I'm not much of a Trekkie, so I haven't really watched much of it, but I have heard good things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. So we're here in December. We had some huge news this December as we... Oh, oh also this year, uh, around D23 time in July, we had... Uh, the reveal of some of the Phase 4 stuff right. for Marvel, including Disney Plus stuff. And uh, I was going to say, in November we had the debut of Disney Plus. We November we had the debut of Disney Plus, November 12th. The Mandalorian yes. dropped. Yes. Baby Yoda takes over the world. The child has done it. <laughs> um, make him do the hand thing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Thank you, Carl Weathers, for one of the greatest lines in television history. Uh, but, uh, you know, coming into December, we had the announcement or the official trailer for the new Ghostbusters film. Mm -hmm. and you I and I about gushed about that for, for, for a hot minute. Uh, we had, obviously, Rise of Skywalker has just come out, and mm -hmm. here we are kind of at the end of the year. Oh, also this month... We had the end of uh, the Doomsday Clock series that DC oh, was doing that was started two years ago that was only supposed to take one year. Right. And they stretched 12 issues across two years. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how people even remember what the fuck the story is. I need to reread it, folks. I'm so sorry you guys haven't had coverage on it. We Suck also my have, ass. We also have a little bit in the DCU of uh, earlier in the year the Shazam movie doing very well. Um, which I'm not seeing Hell yeah. again, heard great things about. And then more recently, um, the Watchmen show on HBO, uh, HBO has been getting very good reviews as well. And I think that, yeah, everybody uh, said that was dope. Up. We also got the trailer for the, uh, the new wonder woman this year. Mm -hmm. We got the new, uh, birds of prey and the fantabulastic emancipation of one Harley Quinn or whatever the fuck that super long title is. I believe that's in February, either February or March, I want to say. Yeah, it's a February film of next year. You know, we're not going to get any Marvel flicks until May. And there's but who knows what comes after that. We don't really, I, I mean, we say, know yeah. we know what's on the schedule, but who really knows what's right. coming down the pipeline for Marvel? I feel like there's a lot of craziness. We know the Eternals is November well, of 2020. Year, I is, so. I was say, next year I think is going to be a big year for the Marvel TV series. Which there's something else that we can uh, you can bring up is Jeff Loeb leaving. Oh yeah, I, good on you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was crazy news. Well, really, you have you kind of preface it with all the all the Netflix series that were all other than Iron Fist very well received. Uh, in some cases, like uh, Luke Cage, extremely well received. Um, all getting you know slowly trickled down or slowly uh, canceled one by one. Um, from Netflix as that agreement kind of dies off and really we're not sure what's going to happen with any of those. I, I mean, know, you know, uh, Jeff Loeb is a lifelong Marvel boy. Right. I mean, you know, he did the Spider-Man Blue series and uh, Daredevil Yellow and, and shit like that, and he's all over Marvel TV and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that, and that's over. I think another big official think, yeah. thing that... Kevin Feige said this year, I don't know if you even heard this yourself or not, but like Feige said that the Disney Plus shows 
are the first shows that will officially be connected to the MCU. Right. And they've even they've even announced more recently. Yeah. Like there, there was there was always the uh Captain or Captain Mar- or Captain America and uh was it was it Falcon and Winter Soldier or Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's Loki, there's the Hawkeye show, you have WandaVision. WandaVision. They've also now announced shows for I believe uh Moon Knight and uh, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. And I want to say there was something else as well. Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel, that's right. Kamala Khan. And there's also, uh, there were some shows on, I want to say Hulu, either Hulu or Freeform. I know they've kind of folded the, uh, they're ending the run of The Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. But I want to say there's like a Howard the Duck show they're redoing with Kevin Smith as well. A couple animated shows maybe. Yeah, there's a Modoc show coming right. out I don't that know, Pat I don't Oswald what, is ahead of. What the venue or what the vehicle for that show is, but I know those are those have not been canceled. Those are still in the works. Yeah, and also you got to think about the uh, what if animated right, series Marvel right, right, will be right. doing That's with people reprising of. their roles and for that. Truthfully, I'm I'm almost more stoked for Moon Knight than I am anything else. That is a super interesting character. Yes, I agree. I also uh, am looking forward to something we got announced that I think. A lot of people have been hoping for since the MCU really took off, which was the announcement that they will be doing Blade. Yep, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali uh, campaigning for and then getting the role as Blade seems like a huge slam dunk for them. Uh, not just in a terms, you know, that'll make a lot of money, but given that Wesley Snipes and Blade is kind of what spawned the whole or got the whole ball rolling in the first place, it's kind of nice to see it coming home. Did you uh, hear the rumor about Wesley Snipes and his involvement with the movie? I know he wants to be in it, but I don't know what the what what he wants specifically. Well, allegedly they're eyeing him to play the role of Dracula. All right. How fucking prophetic and beautiful is that? I mean, I'd kind of want him as a Whistler type, just from the, if they keep that character. But I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that Wesley Snipes wants to do with Blade just because he is so into the character as well. Yeah, and tied to it. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, man, I thought 2019 was a, a stellar year for cinema. Definitely. Nerd-related culture. Comic books had shocking shit. I We've mean, got a little bit of everything this year. Yes, a little bit of everything. I mean, and that's... And once again, that's only the comic nerdy stuff. There's a whole other world of shit that happened that was oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, to even stay on top of is insane. But but we prefer the nerdy shit because that's our escape from the other stuff. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Like two stormtroopers chilling out, trying to oh, watch a little God. green child in the desert. Yes. Do we want to get into the, do we want to get into Mandalorian's finale now? Oh, yeah, dude. It's time. I will say, preface a couple things. First of all, lots of fucking spoilers this episode. Oh, yeah. You better fucking watch it. (laughs) You, I'm pointing to the proverbial you who haven't watched. You better fucking watch it. Pointing off into space. Yes. And also, I want to say that I am bummed Tyler is not here for this conversation. However, next time he is back with us we are going to be diving into his thoughts on this just as well as we are doing ourselves today i will say that uh tyler just got to watch the episode what last night or two nights ago i do believe yeah and blew my fucking phone apart oh well, man he uh he mentions to us that he's 
he's been really busy. Tyler's been extremely busy over the last week or so, two weeks, really most of this month. So he did not get a chance to sit down and watch it until later. So Nate and I, being the good Christian boys that we are, watched the episode when it came out and had to hold our tongues in our little group chat. So when Tyler finally says, you know, I'm sitting down to watch it, and about 45 minutes later, 45 minutes to an hour later, we just get this message of all caps of how much he loves it. And I think my response back to him was just in all caps as well. Just waiting for him to get to finish it so we could start gushing again. Oh, dude. So, you know, this episode leaves us off from the last episode with the child being taken mm-hmm. uh, from Quill. Um, God rest Mandalorian, Cara Dune, Grief Cargus, all... Uh, pinned down by Moff Gideon and his Stormtrooper slash Death Trooper squad. We have the all is lost moment. The all is lost moment, yeah. Quill! Oh, God. And oh, what, what true fucking-tality. The absolute cliffhanger of that show. Going into this week, I woke up on Friday morning. I had this week off. Like, I'm actually not even required to be at work till next week. And I got up my ass at 7.30 in the morning on Friday so I could lay in bed and watch Mandalorian. I had to see the show. Hell yeah. I was uh, sneaky Pete about it. I had to watch <laughs> it while everyone was getting ready for us to go to do holiday shit. Because I was like, okay, this is going to be my like one chance to see this. Or I'm not going to see this until like Sunday. Oh, God. But no, I... Uh... You turn it on and you get straight into the two uh, speeder bike troopers with Baby Yoda in the bag, which I do believe is Jason Sudeikis is definitely confirmed as one of them. Uh, And I think the other might actually be Ryan Reynolds. They confirmed the second guy. Unfortunately, it's not Ryan Reynolds. I want it to be. It was Andy something or other. Hmm. Uh, I know something or other is not a real last name, folks. Don't quote me on that. Interesting. Well, Sudeikis is the one that got all the uh, grief and had his Wikipedia changed. <laughs> he smacked Baby Yoda. Yep. The two of them, and there's so much just to unpack from that little one scene alone, which, God, could you have a more Taika Waititi, you know, intro to that show, of the two of them just sitting there bullshitting, uh, talking about how they don't want to bother Moff Gideon because he's just killing people left and right. They're shooting their guns, missing, like just joking around how they can't hit anything. That was fucking hilarious. Fantastic. And then you, you're you already laughing at everything, and all of a sudden the Sudeikis reaches down and punches Baby Yoda in the bag, and the internet and the world collectively screamed. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Twice, no less. Ugh. And then who and- should arrive to, uh, to give them their comeuppance <clears throat> but the one person that everybody forgot about? I am the child's... Nanny I am droid. a nurse droid. <laughs> IG eleven oh. or IG eighty or no IG eleven? Excuse me. Just straight up murking the two of them and taking. They all the... shot at him and missed terribly, oh, yeah. terribly. And then he didn't even shoot back. He just kills them <laughs> and takes off on the speeder bike with Baby Yoda's ears flapping in the breeze in such a wonderful thing. <laughs> He's big smiles, mad smiling. Uh-huh. Uh, we get back to the town where Moff Gideon has just waged the uh, devastation of the guild's little area. He uh, uh, 
you get and the speech essentially from him the Mandalorian says like we got to find a way out of this the sewers are the only way out there was a essentially a coven that's down there mm-hmm. that's the Mandalorians they'll well, help us we got to get to the sewers you know they couldn't quite get their way out and then Gideon gives his little speech about how he knows literally everyone in the building and knows them by name and even knows you get the first name drop of Din Djarin. Yeah, Din Djarin. That was name. crazy because Tyler had said that, I think, all the way back in our first coverage of that, mm-hmm. of the first episode. He's like, the guy's name's Din Djarin. It was said somewhere, and I don't fucking remember, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And that always stuck with me. So when they said it, I was like, oh, Tyler was right. <laughs> yes. Oh, come on. You should have known Tyler was right anyway. He's Tyler. Well, I mean... I know, man, but sometimes the internet will fool you. They'll put, like, somebody's name, and then it'll be, like, fucking, it was gibberish for what his real name was. But you have that moment where now you get this realization that the Gideon was there at the at the, at the the purge. Like, he was there when, when Mandalore got ravaged and all this stuff, and he knows everything. Yeah, we get to see a crazy flashback of Mandalorian uh, Din Djarin. Uh, as a little kid getting put in the storage unit with it for, you know from his parents, the, essentially the destruction of his parents, um, and then the survival savior mode of the Mandalorians with the awesome color scheme battle armor mode that just was came it, in and fucking laid siege to the Separatist droids. Was it the Death Watch? Have they confirmed that it was the Death Watch? I'm not sure if it is confirmed. I mean... I know I've seen a lot of people like wanting to point out patches and stuff on their armor, so I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. I need to look into that more, because I'm not 100% actually That's, possibly, uh, though. There was a lot of ties in with this, and again, Dave Filoni being a producer on the show, there's a lot of ties back to Clone Wars and Rebels and everything, that being one of them. And actually, they cleared something up that I think is interesting, because sort of, kind of, sort of, they didn't really back channel unintentionally bring back Boba and Jango Fett to it, but saying that Mandalorian is kind of just like a way and it isn't any one specific, like you're not just born on Mandalore and you're a Mandalorian. It's a creed. It's a way of life. It is a way. So, um, I'm trying to think where they went from there. Then you have, they bring out the giant fuck you gun. The E-Web turret, yeah. Which Kara immediately recognizes as this, oh shit, we're not getting out of this. I'm prepared to go down fighting now. Um, And he gives them, what, two hours to decide that they're coming out or not. They have this wonderful speech of, you know, how can we trust you? And he straight up tells them, you can't. You're not going to, and I would kill you if I could. He's like, yes, I will wait an exact opportunity to turn my back and kill you all. Mm-hmm. Like, and I won't it, hesitate to do so. And you're just like, oh, this guy's not fucking around. Moff Gideon is legit. For the limited screen time that he gets over the course of two episodes, you immediately realize this dude is not to be fucked with. <laughs> yeah, he is the real fucking deal. However, who again comes to the rescue but... IG-88 like a motherfucker. Mr. Nanny <laughs> comes in... Oh, that was awesome as shit oh god i love that he comes in with baby yoda still like strapped across his chest and then spins around so nope he's on the back now we're still shooting motherfuckers and just goes to town walking through 
has that that again we've talked about the western aspect of it before has the moment of him walking into the town and just killing every fucking goon there is until he's in the building with them and, and uh then there is a inevitable battle essentially where they're going to make their stand against uh Moff Gideon right and this is where we get Gideon's, a Gideon tells him to smoke him out. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, IG88 has started to cut the uh, grate for them to escape. Mm-hmm. You, you, the Mandalorians, out there fighting, and there's inevitably an explosion, and he is injured. Yep, and then you get the uh, the smoke him out moment of the one flamethrower stormtrooper coming in and that saying, was wicked. Hey, Mandalorian, you've got a little flamethrower. That's cute. Here's mine. <laughs> <clears throat> and we have the napalm death coming in and who should stop it, but not the nanny, but the, uh, the child make him do the hand thing. He, yep. he did it. He does the hand thing. And you can see how much strain it took on him because just like the mudhorn, he passes out almost immediately afterwards. Yeah, he does, and he's down, and uh, the child saves him, and the Mandalorian tells everyone, "You got to go, take the kid." IG88 or IG11 is like, "Kara, you're gonna take the kid." She's like, "I don't want to fucking take this kid." He's like, "You have to. Uh, I'll bring him. I promise." And then we got a really impactful moment. I didn't call this. I was wrong, and I'm grateful that I was wrong because it was really, it was a lot cooler than I expected. IG-11 and Din Djarin have a very interesting uh, one-on-one. And essentially, IG-11 says, listen, in order for me to save you, you got to take that off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no living person has ever seen me with with this off. I can't, not since I put it on. He goes, well, lucky for you, I'm not a living thing. Yep. I'm just a droid. I'm not a living thing. So takes it off we get to see Din Djarin with his helmet off uh, Pedro Pascal with the helmet off and in the armor uh, there's a, looking beat to shit there's a wonderful a, there's a wonderful little meme that I saw that I wanted to pass along to you and I don't know if I've sent this to you yet it's the scene uh, you see one panel of Din Djarin without the helmet on it says I will initiate self-destruct and IG-11 saying do not self-destruct we're shooting our way out yeah I saw that Nice, uh, nice little bit of uh, of mirroring the very first episode. Absolutely, here at the end of the series, or the season, not the series. We still probably have a couple more seasons of this show to go. I would assume. Uh, you know, he gives them the back the injection to heal him, helmet back on. Mm-hmm. They go down and start looking for the Mandalorians. They're down there. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're totally down there. Uh, well, okay. The, there's a pile of their armor left. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. But and we, do we learned have that the Imperials left. came in and wiped them all out, except for the armorer. The one character, the one female character in the show that's going to rival Cara Dune is the, who's the most badass. The fucking armorer who just tells him, in no uncertain terms... This is a foundling. This is your foundling. You are leaving. You are leaving with this kid. This is now your responsibility. And also, you have earned your signet. It is mm-hmm. a signet of two. 
It's the Mudhorn. They're a clan of two. I was almost expecting it to be a Yoda head. I really was. But uh, but I think the Mudhorn obviously was definitely the more important of the two. Yeah, I think it's fitting, and it's pretty awesome. It looks cool. You get this great line of, you know, you're now a clan of two. And telling him to go, not only that you have to protect him, but you have to go find his home planet. Take him home now. So Yeah, he's in your care until you either find his Mm -hmm. relatives or his lineage, his species, if you will. So looking forward in the future here, we have two options. One of which is we get to go to Yoda's planet. And can you imagine a more Star Wars thing than going to the Yoda home planet? Or... Let's say they don't make it to the Yoda home planet. They're just, you know, tied together for the foreseeable future. We could now officially, Baby Yoda is technically part of the Creed. He is technically part of the clan. He is a Mandalorian in his own right. How would he get a helmet? We will figure that out. They will put, the armorer did, made a freaking Mandalorian Spartan helmet. She can make a Mandalorian helmet with ears, by God. You Okay, you got me there. You're right. <laughs> You goddamn right there. All right, so uh, from there she says she'll hold off the coming uh, soldiers. Which she does with hammer and tongs, just destroying stormtrooper armor. But not before she does uh, one last thing, and it got me, bro. Oh, man, did it get me. She gives him the jetpack. Yep. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, like, oh, man, like, it hit me, like, he's ascended to Boba and beyond now. He's, right. he's got the He's got all this sh- cool shit Boba had. I, I do believe I sent you the message of, he flies now. He flies now. He flies now. They fly now! Uh-huh. Oh, look at you referencing uh-huh. something. Uh-huh. Uh, you're trying. I appreciate it. But... <laughs> But yeah, super impactful moment. Great. Uh, there's even a line where, you know, it won't respond to you unless it knows you're ready or something like that. Um, Absolutely. And then they're off. There's that that wonderful moment of, of this, uh, kind of his rite of passage as a Mandalorian, getting his signet and then getting the, getting the jetpack, and she does her own. You know, I have spoken and sends him on. And has her last stand, which is fucking amazing. And then we're on into the tunnels again. We're into oh, the, man. The, and I want to say, I will quickly say, not to steal Tyler's thunder, his, was it his or your point of reference talking about the River Styx? Oh, that was Tyler. That's definitely yeah, Tyler. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That was That's, a great... It's, mm-hmm. um, it's a, great, a great analog. Um great uh visual um and personally i love the fact that they get into this ship and uh how busted down this little like barge is and even the little r2 droid in the back's just like you know half covered in slag and not working or anything then whoa hey r2's got legs stands up and he's ferrying them he is now karen you know ferrying them awesome It's, it's r2d2 all grown up He's got um, full-grown arms and legs. But yeah, and now they're they're on their way down. And even you get, I think that, was that the point where we get the uh, baby do the hand thing line? 
Yeah, because they, uh, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin looks, and also I want to notice th or note that once uh, they're down in the tunnels and talking to the armorer, she calls him as Din Djarin and not just the Mandalorian. True. That she makes she sense, references yeah. his name as like a point of like you guys need to keep this going. Right. So I think it's fair we call him Din Djarin from now on is what I'm getting at. <laughs> right. Uh, but then he realizes that there are troopers waiting for them, and it's an ambush. Yep, and a whole regiment's worth. Enough that they're fucked. Yes, they are. They're inexorably heading towards their doom. And here we go, back to the first episode again, because do you want me to initiate self-destruct? My no, no, protocols to. say that I cannot be captured. And goddamn, we have Taika Waititi, you know, directing the episode and stealing the show as IG-11. You know. Oh, so beautiful. Awesomely done. Right. Especially given how much distrust that, you know, Jaren had had for him in the previous episode. Didn't want him anywhere near the baby. Now he's, no, don't go. Don't, please don't go. Yeah, he's like, no, we should, we can figure this out together. We'll try to blast our way out, whatever we have to do. It's just. IG-11 says something along the lines of, don't be sad. He says, I'm not sad. He says, yes, yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, that was like, oh, get me right in the feels there, yep. too. Oh. Yep. You're not you're not uh, stoicing your way out of this one. Oh, he, sa he says, uh, I can um, I, I can recognize your voice patterns. Right. It's like, I'm a nanny. I'm a nurse. I'm programmed to recognize this now. You're sad. <laughs> and, then, and then he does, like, the dopest fucking, like, I don't even know. And he has his little, uh, you know, Terminator going into the molten iron and giving the thumbs up. That's what I was thinking of. Terminator 2. Yes. Yep. So he just hops out into this molten lava, just walks his happy ass out there and says, I will initiate self-destruct. <laughs> Goodbye, fuckers. And ba-boom, path is clear. And they so, come out clear to the mo for mm -hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, they get all the way almost to the Razor Crest, and here. you hear that sound. Ooh. You hear that twin ion engine sound. <laughs> you're like, great, Moff Gideon's not dead yet. Lovely, forgot yeah. about him. And now you have, yeah, you're, you know, the three of you, four of you technically with Baby Yoda, up against a TIE fighter, and you've got nothing. Except, Except for that awesome jetpack. Oh, yeah. And his awesome uh, grappling hook. Yep, which fucking great moment. Dude takes it down by hand. Even, he almost does a rodeo moment, man. You know, and what I really loved about it, honestly, they've done a great job of making him a badass, but still humanizing him the entire time. Like he gets his ass handed to him by the mudhorn. You know, he gets uh, he gets his ass kicked more than a few times throughout the series. But when he goes and does this hero moment, gets onto the wing of the Tie Fighter. Goes and grabs the grenade. He drops the first one. <laughs> you know, he totally has this great plan. Like, oh, He's like, shit, oh, shit. God, come on. <laughs> well, shit. But gets the second one and... And blow, third. Uh, yep, and blows the fucking tie out of the war, uh, out of the air. And, you know, Rex, they get to the Razor Crest. And you have a nice moment with, the three, with him and Karga and Cara Dune. Uh basically setting up that Cara Dune is going to become either a bounty hunter or uh, an enforcer for Karga, kind of a bodyguard for Karga. 
they're going to stay there on Navarro. Um, that you know, Karg is going to welcome him back with open arms whenever he wants. And you know, we kind of think that that's the end of it. You remember and, for life, Mando with the best prices. Mm-hmm. And the I mean, first pick on all quarries, right? And if that was the end of it, that would be great. It would have been a perfect ending. But, uh, but, but there's, Taika Waititi there's nothing better Filoni. than not everything being uh, what it seems. But Taika Waititi and Dave Filoni and fucking John Favreau are not done with you yet. Especially Dave Filoni. Absolutely especially Dave Filoni. We mentioned earlier the, when we were talking about the, uh, about the Death Watch earlier that they do a great job of tying back into Clone Wars and Rebels. And Dave Filoni being the, the showrunner for both of those. When the TIE crashes, we see something coming out of the side. It's Something is cutting through the wall of the TIE fighter, and it's Moff Gideon with a black-bladed lightsaber. Darksaber, bro! The fucking Darksaber, which is a huge deal from Clone Wars and Rebels. It's the, it's the, the lightsaber of the only Mandalorian Jedi. And passed on to a couple different things. I haven't watched enough of of those two shows to know a whole ton of the lore, but it's a big fucking deal. And now you have that tie-in of, we know it's going to go back and tie in a little bit more to those two shows now, and especially because now we have precedent from earlier in the episode that Moff Gideon was at the Purge. You know, he is, he was one of them. He probably took this lightsaber, the Darksaber, off of a Mandalorian who owned it, whether that's the last one that we'd seen with it or not. You know, he is, this dude is now known to us, to the to the viewers, as a Mandalorian killer, specifically. That's a huge fucking deal. He may even be Force-sensitive, for all we know. It seems like that's kind of the route they're going, and I thought this, the imagery, a couple things. I, I'm not trying to call you out again, but sure. you haven't seen Breaking Bad, right? Do you know enough about Gus Fring or that story at all? No, I, I know I do know a lot of it. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. Doesn't mean I don't know about it. <laughs> well, so you know how his Gus's fate kind of goes, right? The have blown to hell, yeah. So pretty interesting to note the subtle similarities of him getting quote unquote blown to hell again, but this time rising up and not mm. being decimated. I have uh, I have my own fan theory here as well. Um. Not only about, I there is something to be said for him for Gideon being you know a Mandalorian killer, and you know have taken his prize off of the last person that he you know that he may have killed whatever, but you know this whole time we were watching the, we've been watching the Mandalorian, we were led to believe that uh, Warner Herzog's character was the one who wanted Baby Yoda, right? We find out in the last episode, well the the next to last episode. That no, it's not for him. He's getting it for Moff Gideon. And you know, that's all well and good. We could we he may be trying to get it for the the newly risen re risen emperor. He may be getting it for, you know, genetic exploitation, whatever like that. But now that we know that Moff Gideon has the lightsaber, whether or not he just took it off somebody or he's been trained to use it, maybe Moff Gideon's force sensitive. Maybe Moff Gideon is a Sith. Maybe Moff Gideon was looking for an apprentice. Ooh. You know, there's 
there's a lot to be unpacked from the side of him with the lightsaber. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it, and it's the perfect way to end the series, or end the season, rather. Yeah, and we already found out that fall of 2020, we're going to get season two. They're already filming, yeah. Score. going to be a long Hopefully wait. Hopefully they'll film but... ten, 10 episodes, though. Yep. Uh, God, and I, I will say part of the funnier, one of the funnier things I've seen in the last, well, what, four days since the episode came out, the, uh, oh, the picture of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan from A New Hope, the sound of a thousand people all discontinuing their Disney Plus all at once. <laughs> people that didn't I got want... silly. I'm not going to discontinue it, but then again, I'm getting mine for free, so I can't say too much. It's so good. It's such a good service to have. But I, let me tell you something. I'm going to tangent right now like a motherfucker. Sure. Ollie and I were chilling. We needed to put something on to calm his ass down. He was crazy. Via's like, Ollie, you pick. And he put on this fucking nature show, Disney Nature, and it was called Monkey Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I didn't finish Monkey Kingdom... But God damn it, I need to finish Monkey Kingdom. I'm invested <laughs> in that story. It was like Game of Thrones with monkeys, and it was just real shit. I, I will confess the fact I've had Disney Plus since the, I think it was the weekend it came out. And I've literally only, the only thing I've watched on there is Mandalorian. I, there's other Disney movies I enjoy, but I I don't have a kid running around, so I don't really, unless I am actively wanting to watch it. I don't watch a whole lot of streaming services anyway, so that one's kind of lost on me to begin with, but... I got Disney Plus for Mandalorian, and that was the whole, like, if, to be honest with you, if I'd have had to pay for it, uh, I may not have gotten it right away. Ah, so I feel I, you. I'm glad I did. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that I didn't. My, uh, I probably would have been guilt-tripped into getting it pretty soon after the first couple episodes had aired, but it wasn't something I had planned on buying right away just because I knew I wasn't going to watch much else on it. Nice. Well, kind of I think that I'm Tyler. very happy with this first series that they released. Oh, extremely. Um, I will go on record as saying that that and you know what? I'll, to take a stand completely, I think that Mandalorian and Rogue One are the two best things to happen to Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. I, I would put them both over the entire prequel trilogy as well as the whole sequel trilogy. Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting way to look at things. I mean, I love Mandalorian. I also love Rogue One. I live for Rogue One's final scenes there. I caught a subtle Rogue One Easter egg the last time I saw Rise of Skywalker because I've now seen it twice. <laughs> hey, Buckles. Yes? I just, uh, you know, Tyler and I didn't get to talk to you about it because you didn't go with us pre-premiere night. <sighs> So a couple things I'm going to ask in, in, in no particular order. First of all, <clears throat> what was your viewing experience like? How did the theater respond um, to this movie? I went uh, the Sunday, so uh, the Sunday after it was released, so three days essentially after it came out. And I had been, you know, Facebook silent, I like I was with The uh, Last Jedi and uh, Force Awakens before it, um, avoiding... All spoilers. I, I think last time you and I talked on the show, I said I hadn't even watched much of the trailers or uh, commercials if I could, if I could afford to. Uh, I wanted to go into it as blind as I could, and uh, I think you and I talked about it on the 
the last episode I was on as well that I watched uh, Last Jedi not too long beforehand. Kind of, you know, refreshing myself, setting it up for it a little bit. Sure. And theater wasn't packed. Again, this is now the Sunday before Christmas. So a lot of people are traveling. I went to like a 10 o'clock show or the earliest earliest show possible. And you know, the theater was, was decently busy, but not really packed. Um, I was able to get a decent seat, whatever. And tried to go into it with as open mind as possible. And I was, I'm got to center myself here. I was, I know I'm in the minority here. I know you and Tyler both loved it. I know virtually everybody I've talked to really enjoyed it. I was annoyed with the movie within five minutes. Um, honestly, I've gone on record as saying this and I will, I'll, I'll die on the hill that I've never been more disappointed walking out of a Star Wars movie than I was with Rise of Skywalker. Um, not to say it's a, a bad movie. I don't think it's that bad, really. Um, I think taken on its own, not bad at all. I'd probably put it within the rest of the, uh, probably the prequel trilogy. But to me, I was extremely disappointed by a lot of the choices made and with a lot of the direction of the movie itself. Well, my uh, friend, lucky for you, this is Journey into Comics, where the soapbox <laughs> is yours. So please, step on it. Uh, Let's talk. What are some things you don't like about this movie? And maybe I can sway you now that I've seen it a second time, and now I can really digest the whole flick and give you thicker the, opinions, I guess. To me, I've been digesting it ever since I walked out of there. Uh, I've talked to a few of my friends about it, and I've honestly not stopped thinking about it for about a week now. That I wanted to like this movie. I Even now, I want to... I'm trying to think of the reasons I enjoyed this movie. I want to tell myself that I liked it more than I, I really did. But the best way that I've come up with describing it, and this is going to sound harsh, and I kind of mean it to, that movie came off to me not written by a professional or not written by someone who wanted to, you know, bring the series to a close. It was written to me like bad fan fiction by somebody who didn't like uh, Last Jedi. The script is not good. The, like, the writing is, is lackluster to me. The script is not good. There is an immense amount to my in my mind of whitewashing and trying to get rid of some of the things that, Last Jedi did, and if I had to sum it up in one word, I would call it cowardly. Absolutely wow. cowardly. Um, to let I, I will preface it by saying that I really enjoyed uh, Last Jedi. You and I talked about it at length on that last episode. That I thought Last Jedi was the most important Star Wars movie that we've seen in recent memory because. It took risks. It was trying to bring the series forward. It was trying to give you something different. Maybe not everything landed. I don't expect it to. I, I'm not going to call Last Jedi a perfect movie by any stretch. But it tried. It tried. It presented you with a blank slate and a lot of places you could go. And at every turn, they decided to go backwards. At every turn, they decided to take something that people complained about online with Last Jedi, every risk they took, they walked back. 
And that's why I call it cowardly for one. Um, mm. The idea of Ray, you know, not being somebody's ancestor they took back. The idea of Kylo Ren being unrepentant they took back. The idea that Kylo Ren had no one over him again, that he was the main villain they took back. The idea that Luke wanted the end of the Jedi and wanted to uh, see something progress they took back. The idea that Rey had a dark side taint they took back, gave back, and then took back again. <clears throat> and then even in the script writing itself, not just in kowtowing to fans and going back on risks that were deserved and well taken, they're afraid to do anything in this movie that would get you upset, period. They killed Chewie and they give you him back in five minutes. They killed, they, in a sense, killed off C-3PO and then they get him back. He gets his memory back. They kill off, uh, the, uh, they killed off a brand new character in, uh, I can't think of her name, the love interest for Poe. Oh, they, uh, Zori Bliss. Yes. They give her, they kill her off and they bring her back at the end. Nothing sticks. And then what they yeah, do give Babu you, Frick. what they do give you is the greatest hits from Empire and Jedi mashed up into one movie. Um, you have from about the midway point of the movie and the point where she is told that she is related to the emperor. You have the main character is now related to the big bad villain check. You have main character decides to try to redeem the previously unredeemable villain. Check. You now have some form of relation between the main, the secondary, now secondhand villain and the main character. Check. You have a showdown. The final showdown is set where there's a ground team taking out the one item that's going to protect the big bad weapon. Check. You're in, indoor in one movie, the tower in this, protecting the fleet. You have, even when, when Ray is faced with the Emperor, you have him opening up the skylight to show her that the fleet is dying and all your friends are dying. Straight out of Return of the Jedi. You have the secondary villain showing up the last minute to try to save the main character. Check. And then dies after redeeming himself. Check. You have the celebration where we have Ewoks. And we show, you know, the, the ships in the sky getting torn down. Check. We go back to uh, Force Ghosts at the end. You know, beaming out over the main characters. Check. It's, it's, it's literally watching, to me... It, it bums me out that Abrams got so much flack for cutting and pasting from New Hope into Force Awakens. He's given a, a blank slate to do whatever he wants to, and he decides to remake parts of Empire and Jedi. Well, I think that the story types, I mean, in some way that, like, some of the things you just said to me about this movie, I, I, I understand, and I think that they're valid, and they make sense. They also could be said about a lot of other movies we really loved. Like, some of the shit you were just saying, 
kind of has some Endgame vibes. You look at Nebula being like the bad guy, good guy, redeeming herself quality thing. I, I'm not saying and, those are all, they're all valid storyline tropes. But what gets me is you've seen all that, not just in movies, you've seen those in Star Wars already. That's, that's well, what, I mean, we talked, I talked last episode about how much I liked Kylo Ren, how I thought he was such an interesting character. And they just made him another Vader. Literally. I mean, let's be real. This is something that, again, after my second watch, I'm going to kind of possibly blow your mind because I don't even know if you probably realized it. Like I said, I want to like the movie more than I do. So if you can find a reason for me to, I'm happy to do it. Well, sure. So let's talk a little bit about the battle on Death Star 2 between Rey and Kylo, which... Unfortunately, I have to bust Tyler's balls a little bit because Kylo Ren's definitely there. He gets yeah. drenched. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's definitely there in that scene and, yes. and, 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 and can confirm. So there's the moment where Ray, okay, does go dark side. Mm-hmm. And she strikes Kylo Ren. I want to mention that. She, she kills, kills Kylo blood. Ren. She, that is a death blow. No, oh, yeah, she absolutely kills him in cold blood, and there's no repercussion for it. With his own saber, okay? hmm As we know from The Mandalorian, the tie-over is that Force users can do Force healing if they ha- are right. very strong in the way. Right. And they've shown that Rey can do that with the nasty snake-looking thing in the, in, uh, in the desert. Correct. That, that when they're at mm-hmm. the party. So... She heals. See, this is so subtle, and I didn't even catch it the first time, so that's why I'm bringing it up. She heals Kylo back to Ben Solo because I don't know if you noticed it or not, but after she heals his stomach wound, his face scar is gone too. Mm-hmm. And he is cleansed of every blemish that made him Kylo as a really impactful moment happens because why does he see his dad? He just was on the edge of death. And he's having this like post-death kind of trauma. He already hears things in his head because he's force sensitive and he's extremely tapped in. See, truthfully, I do have to I do have to disagree with you and Tyler from last week where I don't believe Han was a force ghost. I think it was just in Kylo's head. <laughs> Well, I think I, I also kind of think it's in his head because you don't see the blue aura right. around him. Right. But he, you know, there's some really beautiful mimicry there he, where Kylo verbally mimics certain lines. He says, Ben Solo mimics, I know what I need to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Right. Yeah, you do. And it's like this whole like play on that is very powerful because it's. He just felt his mother die. He has been having these struggles, and Ray even talks about it. I've seen visions in your head. Right. You're struggling with killing your dad. You know that you made the mistake. I'm and not, this, My argument isn't so much that the turn back to the light was badly done. I don't think it was. My argument is I think it was cowardly to have him turn back to the light to begin with. But I don't think that, like, honestly... Look at the story. If you give Kylo n- no repentance and just keep him this like ultra villain, 
what narrative does that tell with his character? Like, what resolve do you get that the bad guy just can be bad and then eventually he'll hopefully get fucking killed? Like, you know, let's say Kylo just dies at Death Star 2 and Rey doesn't heal him or whatever, you mm -hmm. know? I think, uh, truthfully, I... I wouldn't have had him die at Death Star. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have had him die at Death Star 2 because, honestly, if it were up to me, he'd have been the main villain and the Emperor wouldn't have been in it to begin with. But I think that I think there's something to be said for the villain being unrepentant and getting what he deserves. Well, yeah, and, and I vibe that, but I think that we get that with the reveal of... Uh, Kylo also not being a force ghost at the end of the movie gives me question of like, is he really dead or do we just see his force projection disappear and he has spent like, kind of like how baby Yoda sleeps afterwards. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it. I'm pretty sure he's dead because that was meant to end the line of Skywalker. Well, I know I'm just trying to be hopeful. I know. I know. <laughs> I, it, it just, it, it bothers me because I, I thought we've already seen in Star Wars with Anakin becoming Vader and getting redeemed. You've seen that play out already. That's great. It's a wonderful story in its own right. So do something a little different this time. Give us something different to think about. You know, maybe not everybody who goes to the dark side can be brought back. And you have someone who's done something completely unforgivable in killing his own father and trying to kill his own mother at times. Yeah, almost and, did it. And at the beginning of the movie, or at the end of Last Jedi, has zero conscience. Like, he is Kylo Ren unleashed with all the power in the world, you know, the First Order behind him. And he is the villain at the end of Last Jedi. Two minutes into this, he's not. Literally, the title crawl, you get the Emperor's back, which... They never bothered to explain any of it. They showed you the tanks, but they didn't explain anything. Um, they do. They do. It's in a one line. If you blink and you miss it, thing. That's just it, man. That's that's terrible writing. That's so. I, bad. I hey, I don't disagree with you. I just think that like, with the amount of story they told, it, it, it was hard. But also, I want to say they don't make Kylo not the villain, because well, they even say in the opening crawl that Kylo is on a mission to. Take out the Emperor. He he's wants to be the he's only one in power. He is the, right. the top honcho, and no one is going to lay. Right. I don't he's, care if you're the Emperor. I'm going to kill you, too. He he is like that until he meets the Emperor within the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, you can give me power? Oh, well, I guess I'll do, I'll do what you say now. But no, but he says, and, and again, second watch through will help realize this a little bit. Kylo even says to Rey, like, I have other plans for the Emperor. He's using the Emperor just in a game. Uh, it, I, I, to me, if you're when you're watching the movie, he's, he ceases to become the main villain at that moment. Okay. I, I do think on a second watch you will maybe... Because you know what's weird, too? I feel like the second time I watched the movie, I was much more relaxed just because I knew the general storyline... That's that possible. I could sit back and enjoy all the little subtle other things that were going on that I missed the first time I watched it, you know? Like, truthfully, I don't think the Emperor needed to be in the movie at all. That's just my take on it. I don't. I felt like he was completely shoehorned into it. But he's um, been in every trilogy, man. Exactly. So you have not had a single word about him in this one. Why not keep it that way? 
Why does there have to be an emperor? They went out of their way to have an emperor figure and then killed him off. Yeah. It's just like, that's the kind of shit that bothered me. It's like there's, they had a chance to do something completely different, something unexpected, something that you, you and I could be having, imagine this, if we had, they continued down the path of The Last Jedi set. Everything you would have experienced in this movie, you wouldn't have been able to predict. We wouldn't have had the the we wouldn't be discussing you know she's emperor's granddaughter. We wouldn't be discussing you know we'd be having a completely different discussion as to what happened because it would be completely everything's a clean slate and everything's uh, all bets are off. But from the moment that movie started, we're back to what we know already. We're back to what we've already experienced. Hmm. That's that's that, to me. That's why I I have such a hard time with this movie. They had and, such a great chance to do something, and they went backwards. Well, and I'll and I'll, and I briefed you on this off air, so we'll just run through yep. it again here on air. Uh, you know, I watched this really awesome video. I'll send it to you. It's like 30 minutes of this guy deep dive explaining why Ray is going to be related to Palpatine. Now, this came out before The Last Jedi came out. It was a YouTube video from 2017, and this dude, like, breaks down, listen to me, so many things. (laughs) From Ray's fighting style, bro, to how she uses a lightsaber. There's only one other person who has used the lightsaber specifically with this one move, and he shows it in slow motion, side by side, they're identical. It's planned, I'm telling you, man. From the beginning, Palpatine was Ray bloodline for sure, and this is something that J.J. actualized, and, you know, um, I think that there is some real subtlety going on here that years down the road we'll be able to appreciate more about these films. And I said this off air to you as well, if it comes down to the end of the movie of of Rise of Skywalker and who are you? We haven't seen anybody in these parts for 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 a long time. Mm-hmm. Who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? And she has to think about it and she can say one or two choices. Now if right. choice A is the nobody name, it's fucking Phillips, let's just say, whatever. I'm Ray Phillips, okay, that's weird. Or Skywalker, of course she's going to choose Skywalker, it's impactful. It, it, The decision to have her become Skywalker, it's not bad. I, I, I have no argument with that. Truthfully, I have no argument with her being Palpatine's granddaughter. I, I kind of wish they hadn't, again, I wish they had just left her as nobody, but if you're going to be somebody's relative, I don't mind her being Palpatine. It's a it's a subversion on expectations, even if it's a small one. That's at least something. And you know I can live with that. I, I, like I said, there's the movie on its own right. If you take everything else out of it, if you haven't seen some of the other Star Wars movies, or if you if you didn't like Last Jedi, it's fine. You know, bad uh, script issues aside, it's it's fine. But. As a fan, to me, that could have been so much more, and that's why I get upset. Well, I will say, buddy, like I respect you regardless of how you feel about this movie because everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I do suggest you watch it one more again 
if I if I get the ability to, I will. I've already told you that. I just haven't had the opportunity to yet. I absolutely understand, man. And there's been a lot of craziness that's been going on as of late. I was lucky enough to see it a second time, like I said. And uh, experience to experience, honestly, like the theater, when I just went on... Sat... What the fuck day do we go? Friday. We went on Friday. Friday was weird because we got up, got our shit together, left the house, went to breakfast. Breakfast took for fucking ever, like a million years. I don't know why. We left there and went to a movie, and that was it. And that was like our whole day. It, it was so long. It was crazy. But the second time seeing it in theaters, man, couple things. First of all, the theater was just as packed. And I was actually impressed. I was like, wow. Right. There's a fuck ton of people here, and I had looked at other showings, and almost all those showings were almost sold out, too. And I'm like, say, you're, what? You're this getting, is... You're in that this, nice period between Christmas and New Year's where everybody's got time off, or a lot of people have time off. Exactly, and people are bringing their grandkids mm-hmm. and things of that nature and stuff, man. I was sitting next to some people who... Um, I don't even know, like... I don't know them personally. I don't know their life story or whatever, but... I just know the one kid was wearing, like, a Special Olympics shirt. He was sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's see how this plays out. Let's see how I've got Sarah and Veronica on one side. I've got these people I don't know on the other side. I've got younger children with, like, a like a grandparent set up in front of us. And I'm just like, I already know the story, and I have no idea who has or hasn't seen the movie around me. So I'm gauging the audience and the gasps mm-hmm. and the, and the oh, my gosh. and the Absolutely. And, and, I tell you, man, I know like, for a fact there are people around me crying when, quote-unquote, Chewie died. I, 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 do, I do want to say that my my dislike of the movie should in no way take away from somebody who does. I have nothing against somebody who enjoyed the movie more than I did whatsoever. Oh, well, I didn't expect you to no. be like that. You're not an asshole. You're a nice guy. Um, <laughs> actually, you're reminding me of something. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine uh, about Last Jedi uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, uh I believe it was the 13th, uh, so before Rise of Skywalker. And uh, I've known the guy for, God, almost 15 years now. And uh, his son is, I believe, eight or nine, maybe a little bit older. So he was telling me how he grew up with Star Wars, and now his son, the first one he saw was Force Awakens. So his frame of reference was Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and then everything that came before it first. So, to him, Force Awakens, the new the sequel trilogy, that's Star Wars. That is what he is connected to. And then he could go back and watch. He just asked to watch the original trilogy, like, for the first time. So, to him, his connection will be to this new series before everything else. And... You know, my friends tell me, it's like, I didn't necessarily like Force Awakens, blah, 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 blah. But watching it through my son's eyes made me have an appreciation for it. And I, that's absolutely valid. Um, and I guarantee, I, I'm not surprised to see a younger crowd at Return of Sky, or Rise of Skywalker. And it's a great thing to see. You know, my, my feelings on the movie aside, it's awesome. Yeah, man, and uh, just like I said, like getting all of the different um, reactions in the movie mm-hmm. were interesting. 
And the thing that struck me the most interesting was how excited certain folks around me got when Rey like called herself Skywalker at the very very end of the film. I like heard aloud several like yes. And I was like, wow, that was like, maybe not for me it didn't mean as much. Like, I, right. I loved the concept and that, that, that decision she makes. But that meant something for these kids and whoever, like, and I don't know they were. I just heard them in the crowd. So it's just like these arbitrary NPCs that I can't tell, I can't tell you anything <laughs> about them. You know, It could also be a lot of people who didn't sit and put the, the thought into it ahead of time as we did. So it maybe catches them, not necessarily off guard, but it's something they hadn't considered yet. Yeah, and they're and they're, and they're just they go into movies totally surprised and don't mm-hmm. put a lot of thought into what the movie is going to be. So they're blissfully excited and and, and um, you know uh, shocked the whole time. Now we didn't talk about it at all, but like, did you are you were you not cool with the Carrie Fisher usage or how did the, how that was played I, out? I thought it was fine. Honestly, I thought that they gave her a great send off. Um, I. It seemed a little odd that she played a role in Kylo's, I guess, death. But it made sense at the same time. Like I get it, and it it seemed a little um, a little serendipitous that she would know to raise to distract him right then. But I I didn't mind the send off at all. I thought they did a fine job with it. Uh, I actually liked them making her a Jedi. Um. And being Ray's uh, trainer of sorts, I liked her having her own lightsaber because it made sense. Uh, it absolutely makes sense that she would train even a little bit as a Jedi. I don't. They never really explained how far she would go, and I didn't really think of how far she would have gone. But that she would be trained at all was not. Didn't seem very surprising. It felt natural. Well, they did actually kind of explain it again. Mm-hmm. Second watch through, I have the clarity of being able to like. I mean, really pick apart all the dialogue. I mean, they didn't explain it in like Last Jedi or anything prior to this one. I gotcha. And and the first time we see her use any force, anything is in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But um, they do explain it that that the, the, it's the last night of her training that she revealed to Luke that she had a vision, which only certain people, i.e., Anakin, right. could have visions about things to come in their dreams. Mm-hmm. And she had a vision of essentially her son or offspring being the rebirth of the Sith and 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 being bad, which is essentially what's happening with Kylo. Right. So you have to believe throughout all of this, she is even if we don't necessarily know it, tapped into Kylo more than we can recognize just by mother intuition. But she's also a fucking deep level Jedi right. man she had her like, own saber built she was ready to go right and she like was said, just it, so it afraid that her training would lead to the darkness she never thought it was going right. to be Luke's fault right like I said I, I didn't think it was bad by any means I a little serendipitous but I could easily it's easily hand waved away or easily you know that yeah, makes sense um I actually if you're talking about characters that were brought back I thought Lando was completely pointless Lando was pointless the character being in that movie had served no purpose other than the one line to uh, the one line to uh, Poe about you know how we had hope. Well, I think it's actually something that again they just fucked up, and and this is me actually calling them on a fuck up because the Lando story would have been more impactful had they put something in a different place. 
Yeah. One thing changes and this movie becomes more impactful. Do you know what it is? Hit me with it. If Lando would have been with them when they crashed on Endor. Because he would have met Jenna or Jemna or whatever her name was. Right. And from what I have understood, there are scenes that were deleted that involve him. The reason he said, let's find out who you are is because Lando's daughter was taken. Right. He never knew what happened. And he, like they, he figured that it was just that how the, the First Order and the Galactic Empire right. were running things. I think Abrams is either I think it's either Abrams or a producer, one of them, has already gone on record as saying, yes, they are related. So if they would have put that earlier in the movie and had it been more impactful and not, hey, this is the last Star Wars movie, by the way. Lando, you should say this arbitrary thing we're never going to get to go yeah. back to. Yeah. That's why that's frustrating because... I get Lando does have impactfulness if you make it known and make it more prominent. The way that she looks at him is very daughterly. I caught it again, right. second watch. No, it, honestly, it makes the first time you hear it when he's, you know, let's go find out who your parents are. He says it in a way that, yeah, he knows something. But, I mean, is in terms of actually affecting the plot of the movie itself, he has, like, he just randomly shows up on the desert planet out of serendipity that he's there and says like two lines and then disappears. And then you see him later on again in the Falcon because we have to have that bit of nostalgia of him in the Falcon again for the last battle. Again, more, you know, Return of the Jedi parallels. But he just felt, the whole movie, he just felt really superfluous to me. Like that was just shoehorned in because they wanted to get him into one more. Star Wars movie or because, hey, we'll throw fans a bone, but we're already throwing them many, 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 many bones. About to really blow your mind, my dude. Sure. So another thing with Lando, I just really, thinking about it as we're talking and things you're bringing up, I'm trying to, like, think out what I recall from the movie. There's another subtle line of dialogue that tells us why Lando's here and everything we need to know. Well, he was, yeah, he was with Luke chasing the Jedi killer. Before that, see that's yeah. that's the obvious thing. No one's was thinking it, about the very subtle line that is said that, that he said that three PO uh, mentions this party, this big festival mm -hmm. happens once every forty two years. Okay, forty two years ago would have been at the end of Return of the Jedi, which would have meant the whole galaxy celebrating the death of the Empire. What does Lando do? He, he wants to go on party. party mode. Yeah. Like, honestly, the Lando character is just fine for what it is. Like, he doesn't do anything that's un-Lando the entire time, and what little bit he does makes sense for him to do. But I felt like he just didn't have that much importance to the plot itself, I guess. Oh, I, un I understand the, the lack of importance to the plot. I'm just diving into, like, yeah. if we were looking at the timeline of Star Wars Right. How to fill in the gap of Lando. He helps defeat the Death Star 2. Mm -hmm. And out, then there's... Goes out and uh, has a bender and ends up on this desert planet that I can't recall the name of. And never leaves. Well, he, he never had, leaves. He and did leave. Just, he did leave because he said he was out with Luke hunting the Jedi Hunter. He, do, he did say he was out hunting. You're right. I thought he yeah. said that he just ran into Luke who was hunting. 
I think he was with Luke actually hunting the Jedi hunter who's, I, again, I can't remember his name. Ochi. Um, Ochi, that's right. Who, yeah, character I would have liked to have had a little more backstory on in that movie. Like, they explained that, oh, yeah, we got to find his ship. Well, who, who the hell was he? I feel like that Ochi character might be a Rebels character, possibly. Uh, maybe. I, I wouldn't have any idea. I haven't watched it yet. It's uh, yeah, on my I, list of things to watch. Now that uh, Mandalorian's done probably one of the next thing I'll, I'll want to watch. Entirely possible. Um, like, there's a lot of things that get introduced or kind of just the hand-waved at it. Like, again, the uh, Emperor, the reason the Emperor's back is very, 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 very briefly mentioned. Like, they get, they they toss off the line of... Uh, the the dark side being able to extend life. Well, okay, why are you strapped to a giant gurney? Why are there clones? Why you know what what are you? What's your point here? And I I, I could make peace with them bringing the emperor back if they'd explained any part of the reasoning as to how he was still there. They they give you the uh, you see the the tanks of you know Snoke lookalikes. But they give, again, no explanation as to why, what Snoke was, why he was who he was, anything really. You know, they give you the mention of Ochi, but they give you no reason as to why he should be important. I caught this as a visual, and maybe it'll help, I don't know if it make you feel better or just make some sense, but there's the moment where Rey is using the double sabers against, the, mm-hmm. against Palpatine and pushing his own lightning against him. Mm-hmm. And as he's disintegrating away, there's one specific moment where he has no hair. And the hood has been pushed away, and he's starting to scar, and he looks, looks like, like Snoke. Snoke. The, that's fine. I don't. I, I have no issue with and I think you and I even talked about it before, and I've suggested the idea of Snoke being a failed clone of Palpatine having precedence. It made sense. I'm, I don't mind them saying that, yeah, Snoke was a clone of Palpatine. I just wanted them to actually say it. Or yeah, instead them of actually, beating around the bush and just yeah. uh, alluding. He said the closest thing he says was, I made Snoke. That's it. And, like, it just, again, felt very, like, oh, yeah, don't worry about Snoke. Just forget he existed. We don't we don't talk about that. Same way, you know, we don't we don't talk about Rose Tico. She, she's, we, she's ignored again. You know, there's a, here's a new love interest for Finn. <laughs> um... Like that, yeah. Um, the only question I have about Snoke that didn't get answered and probably never will be answered, let's run with the idea that he is the failed clone of Palpatine. You and I discussed this on the last show. Why is he so much bigger? Like, why is he so, like, not just scarred and, you know, beat up, but, like, visibly physically larger than the other characters <laughs> maybe uh it's just different <laughs> dna is trying to genetically recreate the emperor it, it, like they can possibly. because I just, the Do- so, oh, god what's that guy's name dominic something or other um, he I was a, a part of the resistance team in the oh, movie Dominic Moynihan. uh the, the he was in the resistance today in the in rise of skywalker is a really bit part uh dominic Moynihan. he was uh mary in the lord of the rings trilogy Yes, thank yeah. you very much for being awesome and on top. Also, of it. Yes. also, uh, I want to say Beak or Blink. I can't remember what the name he used. He was in the uh, X Men Origins Wolverine as well, 
and was on, uh, I think, Lost, I want to say. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, he says one line about, they said, how did Emperor Palpatine survive? And he says, Sith uh, powers, dark magic, and cloning. He actually does say it. It's just a, again... It's just a little, little throwaway thing. It's a blink and you'll miss yeah. it moment. And yeah. I think, again, on your second watch, you digest it and you're like, oh, okay, they really are validating that that's what happened. It wasn't just alluded that he's a clone. It's, Still, it's, it's, don't, don't you think that merits a little bit more explanation in that one little line, though? Oh, it totally does. But who's to say that we won't get uh, a so. story at some I, point with I very specific much hope so. to filling the Emperor's time gap in? I very much hope so. Um, me, me too. Like, if if they do go back and fill in some of the gaps, it'll make this a little more palatable to me. If they don't, then, it's, again, it's just the script being iffy to me. Rise of Skywalker's dead to me, damn it. <laughs> like I said, I really want to like it more, and I will go see it a second time. I And, again, I don't begrudge anybody who didn't like or who did like it. I just have I, I have a hard time getting past this the issues that I have with it. And so much of it to me was that I just I I know I've said it I've said it a few times on the show so far is that I just I thought they had a chance to do something really interesting and different and to take the end the series on a note that we hadn't expected or to really subvert the expectations that we had and give us something completely you know mind blowing fresh they had they had the opportunity with the the whole setup of rise of uh, the Last Jedi is setting up that fresh slate, is setting up that, you know, uh, like I said before, all bets being off, and we're in territory now that no one in Star Wars has dealt with, or no one, none of the fans of Star Wars, at least the main, the movies alone, has really gotten to deal with, and instead of having that, you know, boldly going into uncharted territory, we get same old, same old. And yeah, I know I draw a lot of comparisons between it and Empire and it and uh, Return of the Jedi, and I do think there's a lot of, you know, the same nostalgia bug that he had in Force Awakens. But people I've heard, like I said, I've talked to quite a few of my friends that, oh, man, it just felt like a Star Wars movie. It just felt like Star Wars. And I'm like, you know, it should. You've already seen it. Like... It should feel like Star Wars because you've already seen everything that's already happened here. Nothing's happening new and different. It's all the same familiar thing you're used to. So, of course, it feels the same. Okay. So, it's I, it's it's not so much that I really dislike the movie because of what it was. It's not bad for what it was. I It disappoints me because of what it wasn't. Okay. I like that. I like that. And I, again, I respect your, your vibes on this movie. I will say, if they do another trilogy of movies do you know what i really would like to see actually that was going to be my next question to you uh well i'm going to tell you my answer is probably not what you're expecting because it's kind of comical because i'm just being silly but sure uh honestly kind of want to see a uh the star wars cleaning service movie because there's all of these (laughs) fucking imperial star destroyers that are on all these planets i mean jakku has two of them now bro right so uh, like who's who's cleaning up the galaxy that's what i want to know um, I, I, my question is going to be, where do you want to see Star Wars go from here? 
Um, you know, I, well, I have I an actual answer, but I want to know your answer first. Well, I mean, I do. I I agree with you in the cleaning thing because that's a little bit of what Mandalorian is. That's the what happened after the fall of the Empire. Like what happened in that kind of lawless society. And guess what? We're right back to that now. We have no New Republic. We have no Empire. We have no First Order now. So we are back to that, you know, Wild West again. Um, I, and kind of, I would like to see more, if it was up to me, I'd like to see more like Mandalorian, where it's getting away from the Jedi a little bit, getting away from the, um, how to best to put it, like, getting away from the, the lore of the saga and getting more into the lore of the universe. Man, I tell you, you know it would be dope to watch a movie with fucking this Ochi character and Dio. Sure. Like, I'm into that. I'd like to see that. Um, I like the idea of there being someone that's out hunting Jedi. Not in, in having no connection to the Skywalker thing, but just wanting to kill Force users. You know, there's... The, the beautiful thing about Star Wars and something that is kind of lost right now when Disney bought out Star Wars and ended the expanded universe and, you know, the le- the Legends canon or whatever it is now, which is just now reduced to a giant what if. But you have so much world building, even just using the movies alone to draw from. There are so many stories that can be told with within the Star Wars universe that don't fall under... The Jedi. I would love to see uh, a movie about the Huts or something. Yes, I would love a fucking series on the Huts, Mm -hmm. dude. The bounty hunter thing is a brilliant idea. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, Trace. uh, You could do like a noir thing almost with uh, the Huts and the gangster side of it. You know, give me give me a series of the Republic establishing itself. Um. Give me a series where they're trying to, you know, hunt down what's left of the Empire, where we have these little, you know, Imperial cells, the remnant like we see in the Mandalorian. Give me a Crimson Dawn series, bro. Definitely. With Darth Maul helming. Oh. I mean, you... Hell, give me Jango Fett. Give me the Old Republic. Give me Knights of the Old Republic. I've said that before. I don't think they ever will, but I would love to see it. I got you one know. for you that would be fucking incredible. Sure. And you know that Disney can pull it off right because they used this shit in the fucking last major movie he was in. Sure. How about a Mace Windu series? Sure. I mean, I'm just saying, there's a lot of story there. Samuel L. Jackson, badass motherfucker with a mm-hmm. lightsaber. Could be dope. There's, there's a, I mean, think of how much they got out of the Clone Wars. And that was an animated series. Um, think about, give me a series on the, the Sith and the Jedi at war, at open war in the Old Republic. You know, you, if, even if you don't want to focus on the Skywalker side of it, the main, you know, the main, the, you know, Jesus of Jedi, let's look at all the people that were in the room, in that uh, arena during the end of Rise of Skywalker. Who are they? Where have they been this whole time? Ooh, yeah. You know, show me Sith sleeper cells. Um, Show me where they've, you know, gone on working, destabilizing different planets. You have the ability, you have this beautiful sandbox that they've created with the Star Wars universe and so much that you can draw from that has no connection to Skywalker whatsoever. 
give me all of that. I think that that's why I said that earlier that I thought Rogue One and Mandalorian were some of the best things is because all they did was play in that sandbox. Away from that world, but uh, totally next to that world. I was going to say, you haven't heard the word Jedi or Force in Mandalorian at all. Period. Make him do the little hand thing, though. Right. I mean, they mention it, they show it, but it's through the eyes of the characters. They have no idea. And, you know, a great deal of the people in the Star Wars universe wouldn't know Dick about the Force or think the Jedi are a myth. Yeah, exactly. They're still myth and lore. Hell, give me a series of Vader going around and murking all the Jedi. Order 66. Oh my god, bro. Give me a give me a series of the Jedi on the run from him. Apparently you Buckles know? would like to see an in detail series of the uh younglings versus Anakin. Hey. I I I you know maybe I maybe I just have something against kids with rat tails. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. Fucking um, rat tail kids. Like Oh god. Uh Sorry, a mental flashback to a, a terrible joke that I made. Um, quick aside, you when we were talking about Deadpool and the ability for a PG-13 to use one instance of the word fuck, there was, I think I may have even sent it to you and Tyler, of where would you put it in the Star Wars, in the Star Wars movies? Ooh. <laughs> and the, the first thing that comes into my horrible warped brain is, you know, Obi-Wan looking at Padme and saying, I've seen a video or security transmissions of Anakin fucking younglings. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> We've gone too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, no. You, you saw him what? I don't <laughs> think that's what you meant to say. Uh, we, we've gone way too far down the dark side. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, again, there's so many different things you can do with Star Wars that... I, I I don't know if they will do or not. I hope they go down that route. They've seen how how uh, popular the Mandalorian is, and I'm Absolutely. hoping that they can honestly give me Kevin Feige and John Favreau as the leaders at Lucasfilm. Give me that. <laughs> you do that, and I'll be happy with the rest of it. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I think once Rise of Skywalker makes its way to Blu-ray, we'll know more about the fate and the future of who's actually going to be helming the ship moving forward. It's true. I know a lot of people aren't happy. Kathleen Kennedy is saying there's no more trilogies or whatever, and I get it. You want to keep it. Like, that's a very specific thing to Skywalker. But... I know. Haven't... I thought they've gone back and forth on that. Like, I know they they had the two gentlemen that did... Game of Thrones, and they backed off of that. Ryan Johnson was supposed to have a trilogy. They backed off that of was, that. I thought that was back on, though. I thought they canceled it, and then they brought it back. Ooh, I haven't heard that. That's some I, juicy, I juicy. I don't know if that's... I could swear that I've read that recently. I may be completely wrong in that. But I thought they'd, they'd given him that back. Shit. Um, let, let me see that. I want to see what he does. I like the idea of what they did with Solo and with Rogue One. Of the just one-off Star Wars stories. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, uh, and there are a lot of stories that could be told with certain characters and certain scenarios I'd and like things. I'd like to know more about uh, Kira and Darth Maul. Give yeah, me, the me Crimson Dawn, Dawn, bro. Give me more Donald Glover as Lando. Give yes. Lando fucking movie. Okay, what about Werner Herzog's character from The Fall of the Empire to uh, sure. like that, like that sure. time gap? That would be awesome to see. Same thing with Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. I feel like we'll get Moff Gideon's backstory more leading into season too. two. I think I I really do think that there's a lot of like you were talking earlier about there's a lot of stuff that can be mined from him being the a potential force user or even just having a 
deep ties with the Mandalorians. There's a lot of stuff we can explore with that. Um, I think, honestly, having uh, uh, Dave Filoni as part of the showrunners for Mandalorian has a lot of love for the Mandalorian culture based on his, uh, based on Rebels and Clone Wars. Like, he set up a lot of that canon himself. Hell yeah. So I think there's a lot that I think we'll expand on that in the future. Um, I agree. I, I'm curious to see where they go and if they actually do adhere to the Skywalker saga ending. I, I don't know if they can keep their hand out of the cookie jar. Well, I guess we'll let time be the uh, true teller of this tale. <laughs> yep. Uh, who knows? Maybe in a few years we'll, you know, in like 20 years we'll have the trilogy, the sequel trilogy, sequel trilogy. You know, we could have somebody's raised kid now. Yeah. And yeah, Ray comes back. Ray and Ben Solo had a moment. Somehow they have a kid now. Their dyad becomes one. It's the most powerful force user ever. It's 100% dark side from baby birth. I do think we are going to get a series or some form of Lando and Jenna. That'd be cool. I would love to see, uh, honestly, talking about it, I can't wait to see the Cassian Andor. I No, I didn't bring it up oh, last right. time you and I were yep. together. That, but that I want to make sure. excited for. I want to make sure anybody who's listening doesn't think that I don't fucking like Cassian Andor. <laughs> God I, damn it. I actually love that character. And K2SO, bro. That's going to be mm-hmm. hilarious. K2's great. Cassian, Cassian, okay, quick aside as to why I love Rogue One so much. Not only is it, you know, a beautiful story in its own right and sets up, you know, different ways that the Force is used with, uh, oh, Donnie Yen's character, who's, or Chirrut's character. Um, but it shows the Rebels as not, just white knights. You know, they've done some morally questionable shit. Cassian has been through some shit in his life that he's done for the rebels. The guy is, hey. is definitely not without his demons. And I think that is an amazing thing that we don't get to see. I'm we'll looking be forward seeing to that it soon, though. I'm absolutely looking forward to that now. Qu- question. Oscar Isaacs comes out and says, hey, they're giving Poe a series. I'm for and it. It's, and it's going to be his runner of Spice Days mm-hmm. story. I, I, honestly, I love that for Rise of Skywalker. I love that they gave Poe some characterization. I thought that was amazing. Perfect. Give me more. Oh, my God. Did you just say something nice about Rise I'm, of Skywalker? I, t- I told you, man. I, I There was points in the movie that I enjoyed. It's the awesome. overall feel that I disliked. <laughs> And and I th- and I do say I think that a lot of the exposition being missed on a first watch through can cause that. I'll um, take your word for it. I appreciate this movie a hell of a lot more now. Uh, Veronica and I have already discussed it. As soon as we have the opportunity to do so, we're going to do all eleven movies in true machete order, and it is going to be nice, epic. I I will be looking forward to doing that myself. I still need to pick up a copy of Solo on Blu-ray, but I have not done that yet. Just wait a couple more weeks, bro. It's coming to Disney Plus. Don't you worry, you pretty little head. Eh, I still have to own them all. I've owned them all this way forward, so I'm going to get it the same way I did the MCU stuff. You know what's funny? Actually, I don't think I own Solo. I know I own Rogue One, but I actually don't think I own Solo. You got me thinking, like, fuck, I got to go get Solo too. <laughs> Shit. The, the only, fuck am I thinking? I'm going to say the only thing I don't own from Star Wars is the Solo movie, and the only thing I don't own from MCU is uh, Far From Home yet. I own all of the MCU, luckily. I'm really <laughs> grateful for that. I, I, I'm 
Nate Massive Fanboy number one. Real quick, I have to ask, and since we're, we've are we talked about the wrapping up 2019, what are you most looking forward to? Um, I mean, we can even break it down as far as movies or TV, but what are you looking forward to in 2020? Man, 2020, I actually I can't... I can't wait to see what comes out of 2020. I feel like uh, we're going to see a clearer picture of the MCU's future and where they're going. Mm-hmm. We're going to see, honestly, I think maybe right now the thing I'm most marking out about and most excited for are two things. One is uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. Honestly, like I cannot fucking wait. I'm super yep. jazzed on it. Uh, and then also... I don't know if anybody saw this, but it was teased by Charlie Adler, who is the artist for The Walking Dead. Big things are coming in 2020, and it was teased with a Christmas picture of Carl Grimes and family. In a comic or in a show? In a comic. Okay. I know they're still doing... There's another spinoff of the show coming. I'm not, I do believe. Of course they're going to do the show, yeah. but you got to think... Image Comics took a visible hit. I mean, right. oh, they definitely. were selling 100,000 units of Walking Dead every week, or every couple weeks, depending definitely. on how it released. So they're feeling not having a Walking Dead book. And honestly, like, give me a Negan book, or give me a Carl Grimes story mm-hmm. that's set after the after the rebirth of everything, and, and, and you know, I'm in. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like, right. I loved that series. Keep giving me more of those characters, and I'm, I'm sold. So that's what I'm looking forward to, is just seeing what... Because I think 2019 was this, like, we're at the end of the decade, we're at the end of the era, we're getting ready to start the Roaring Twenties again, like, (laughs) everything is changing, and 2020 is the launch pad for new. I gotta say, in my own right, looking forward to pretty much everything you've mentioned already, Uh, definitely looking forward to the Disney Plus Marvel shows, I'm very intrigued by those. As far as movies go, I haven't really gotten to look at what all, aside from... um, Ghostbusters and Black Widow coming out. The one movie that I'm very, very excited for, you and I talked a little bit of it off uh, off air, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is this year. Yeah. And I will be their opening day. I loved the uh, Godzilla reboot, and I loved King of the Monsters, so I am, and Kong uh, Skull Island I thought was great. You so and I'm, Tyler should go see that Zilla and Kong together. I am, I am down to do it. Hell yeah. um, Got to say real quick, if you're just a very, very quick aside about Godzilla King of, uh, King of the Monsters, one of my favorite nerd moments for this year, actually. I went and saw it opening night, and you've seen it, correct? Nope. You have not? Okay. So, n- not really plot relevant or anything, but um, the Ghidorah character, the monster, uh, breathes essentially like gold lightning. It's a awesome. gravity, gravity beams, whatever the case is, but it breathes it out in like lightning bolts. And throughout the course of the movie, at one point, it flies around. It creates its own tropical storm around it. Like, it's got so much energy built up that when it flies across the sky, there's, like, the biggest hurricane on record just is built up around it. That's amazing. So, really cool. Great visuals throughout the movie. You see these, like, awesome things, this huge storm and lightning everywhere. So, I'm watching all this. I walk out of the theater, and... The movie theater in in Lafayette that I go to, uh, really the only major theater left in Lafayette proper, uh, when you walk out, the skyline out in front of you is pretty much level. Like, there's no real break in the skyline. And as I walk out, we have a storm coming. 
and it's just getting to the point uh, where it's hitting us. We don't get a lot of rain yet, but we're starting to see heat lightning. Oh, so I that's walk awesome. out of the theater after watching this giant storm and all this lightning and this huge three-headed monster in this thing, and all I see is this skyline of clouds and heat lightning. And it was the coolest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> like, absolutely. I just wanted to stand there for like 10 minutes and just stare at it. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> Shit, now I might be watching that after we're done with this podcast. Dude, I, Fuck, I, bro. I, I loved King of the Monsters. I bought it when it came out on uh, Blu-ray, and I've rewatched it probably 15 times since then. I love it. It's crazy. I've held that Blu-ray in my hand four different occasions thinking about purchasing it and decided against it all four it's, times. It's very good. Not um, that I don't like Godzilla, it's just I hadn't seen it yet, so I didn't know if it was quality. And I know that Tyler, I think, and Dick watched it and liked it and enjoyed it, but I need to watch that movie for myself and actually dive into it, I think. You go for it. It's one of my favorites from this year, definitely. Hell yeah, man. All right, well, I think it's time to take it home. Folks, as always, check out the Journey Into Comics podcast right here at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on Apple Music, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get our feed wrapped up all in one, and also go to patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us some money, and we'll try to do our best to uh, give you some cool content and new shit coming out. Uh, AP and company are going to be helping me to... uh, look at this thing from a different perspective and make our Patreon a little bit more cool because we, we aren't giving you guys a lot, and I, I, I need to be better about that. But anyways, folks, Buckles, is there anything else you wanted to add before we dive out of here? Uh, just a quick plug. If you like uh, Nate and I flapping our gums to each other, you should listen to Journey into Wrestling as well. Look at this motherfucker being <laughs> the proest pro on earth. <laughs> Shit. Do That's why we have him around, guys, because, fuck, I forgot we even do another show together right now. I'm just so enamored with us talking about <laughs> all the things we're going to talk about this episode. Fuck. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics 276. Who is going to clean the galaxy? I've been Nate. <laughs> Buckles right here. And as always, folks, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.